That day, you even donated members to him. Remember, you donated James, uh, what they call Peter and Co. You told them to go. Do you know now? You know what John the Baptist, you know what he did? He laughed. He said, a man can receive nothing. He said, this is the result. People who have read things, they behave differently. Oh. I hope you are getting my point. Those who have read certain issues, they behave differently. He said, a man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. He said, did I not tell you that I'm not the one? He said, he must increase. I must decrease. Oh, the boys that came to report said, in that case, oh God, we'll see you next time. They too, they went and joined the church of Jesus Christ. Left the church of John the Baptist. What am I going to explain? John didn't have the problems many of us have in life. Simply because he had read something about himself. And listen to me, everybody has a part in the book. I was talking about grace. Paul saying that each one has grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Demo Shakaria. He, he explained that thing to us from his life. When Paul said that thing to us, just when I'm reading out, he says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, that's verse 6, say each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Now began to list. Demo Shakarian says something. When it's time, of course, he wanted to answer the call to ministry, he went out and found out that he was not a good preacher. But God made him do it anyway. But he found out that if he would organize the meeting, he was a perfect organizer. He could raise funds. One of our brothers will tell me that he has found out his, he's found his ministry, raising funds for good projects. So one day one of our brothers called me and said, look, there's something he needs to do. I just said, have you called that guy? He said, I don't know whether he said yes or no. I said, call him, tell him. That is, we need money, he will raise it. It doesn't matter the money will come from him he will give his portion and they will harass everybody into giving their portion. Now, so, then Moshakaran said, he found out that he was good at organizing. And then one day he was reading his Bible and he discovered that the word helps. Was in, because he said he didn't know where he fitted in the Bible. He now saw that Paul wrote that there are helpers. He saw that the ministry of help is one of the helps is one of the things that Paul described in the Bible. Gifts of healings, helps, administrations. He said, Good. I have my ministry. And he focused on it. And that's how God used him to birth full gospel businessmen fellowship international. Which is still going strong till today. If you've read the book, Mover of Men and Mountains, Alji Lotono. When he, once he rededicated his life to Christ, felt that he was not doing the work that God, that he wasn't working well with God. So he, he followed his sister for meetings. And so the one preacher now came. Of course, he wanted to work for God. Please read my book if you haven't, How to Work for God. That book is good. I know I'm the one that wrote it. And I'm not marketing it after you can download it for free from our website. But please read it. Because he misunderstood, like most people do, that working for God means starting a ministry. Working up for God, for them those days was going out on missions. Because they, had, they just knew two things. You either went to the seminary to become a pastor, or you went out on missions. So he decided he was going to go on missions. So I think his sister or his sister-in-law or somebody came around, and 
that was a missionary in China. And of course, the way it is, the missionaries who want to encourage everybody to go on missions. So he was thinking of missions, missions, missions. Then a preacher came to town. And that preacher was a different one. And he went to see the man and explained the pressures in his heart. And when he finished talking, the man said, like, someone like see me tomorrow. Anyway, make a long story short, he came back to the man. The man said, do you realize that God needs businessmen as much as he needs missionaries? Betuno had never heard that before. That was his first experience. Make a long story short, after that day, he took engineering and his business as an assignment from God. In the business world, they talked about him for a long time. He sold his business. In today's money, it will be for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And he donated almost everything to missions. And everybody knew about it. They were like, this guy is really crazy. <laughs> he was a good businessman. He built almost half of the military hardware that America used in the Second World War. Tanks, vehicles, all, you know, his specialty was earth-moving equipment. He built machines that, there was one particular one, I've forgotten the name, that this is the forest, this is the machine, behind his playing ground. You see what am I talking about? Once you put the machine there, it will pull down the trees, chew them up, turn them to, you know, sawdust, spit them out, and leave a clear, clean ground behind. That's how you handle trees. It will knock the trees down, crumble them, break them to pieces, and throw them away. He built massive machines. As far as he was concerned, any problem you have is solved by building a machine. And he was a genius in machine design. But everything he did, he said, he found out there was a mission from God. So the time came, he sold the company. And he took almost everything, maybe like 90 or 95% of the total money he sold the company, and just distributed it to missions. Because one day, a pastor met him and said to him clearly, your portion in the book is not to run around as an apostle. No. Let's say your portion is also helps. Also, you see in that Romans chapter 12, said there is he that giveth. That time I was in Sokuta, okay, I don't know whether I have the messages. You should get there and listen to it. I spoke throughout on the giving ministry. That's what I spoke on. He found out his own portion in the book. And every Christian must know that there is a portion in, my, in the book through which I see the bigger thing written in the book in heaven. And listen, once you discover that, you, remember he said, occupy with this until I come. Once you discover that, that starts forming, that's where we're going, your desires in life. It starts forming your expectations. I hope you're getting my point here. It starts forming your expectations. I remember that time when I was left school. The first day, <laughs> I remember my salary when we left school, just to put it in perspective, where, uh, the salary structure we had that time would pay me 900 naira a month. Now, I know it's not today's naira, so don't be afraid. <laughs> this was 1991, okay, end of 91. The first, so it was 900 naira a month, but they were not paying it complete. It was short by about 200 naira, so I was getting 700. It's not the money that's the issue. Is that one of the first things I bought was a Bible for 200 and, I think 200, about 300 naira, if I remember well. I need to tell you my salary, for you to know the cost of the Bible. 
If I tell you I bought the Bible for 39, I say, uh, so what's the big deal? We're all Bible, Bibles now. No. I was earning just about two and a half times that in a month. It was supposed to be three times, but I wasn't getting it complete. Then one day, one of my friends, one of my colleagues, a fellow house officer, he saw me smiling. He used to call me Blackie. He said, Blackie, ah, what's going on? I was, I was, I was fetching, I was feeling very, very, very happy. He said, what's, what's, what's making you so happy? I said, they just delivered my Bible. So the guy looked and like, are you alright? You just delivered your Bible. I said, yes. So something led to the discussion. I told him how much I bought the Bible. Huh. Which kind of Bible is that? I told him it's a special Bible. It's called uh, Companion Bible. E.W. Uh, is it? R.W. Bollinger. Alright, R.W. So, it's called the Companion Bible. Like, how much did you buy it? Now, I can't remember for sure. I think it's something between 250 and 300. Okay? I told him the amount. Let's assume it's 250. Let me know by estimate. But I think it's not less than 250, but it's not more than It's something between 250 and 300. I can't remember for sure now. So I told him how much it was. Now, listen to me. You just tell, we were working together. We earned the same amount. We resume work about the same time. We earned the same salary. They kind of like, what? You took one third of a whole month's salary to buy a Bible? And to me, I was like, why not? Now, worry, guy. He said, Blackie, no vexo. But I said, don't begin crazy. <laughs> he said to me like that. That's how he said it. He said, I bet no vexo. He said, don't begin crazy. That comment, I never forgot. I said, laughing. <laughs> I wasn't offended. I found the comment so funny. The guy couldn't understand. Are you all right? Your, your room is empty. There's no property there. You don't have clothes. You don't have distance. You don't have anything. You took a third of a month's income and bought one Bible. You know the truth is that I didn't think I, it was not a sacrifice. For goodness sake, I was a teacher of the word. I needed to know it. I couldn't be reading the Bible everybody read and be satisfied. Of course not. That Bible, all my life, I've only seen two copies. Two copies. The first copy we bought in my fellowship on campus and I wanted my own copy. As soon as I left school, that once money started coming as salaries, I ordered one. And that's the second copy. That's the only two I have seen in my life. You don't blame people for not buying it. It's not easy to read. It has a lot of funny, funny notes and appendices at the back. But I bought it all. When I first met my wife that time, we were planning to get married, you know, so we used to talk on the phone and all of that. One day she came, she called me on the phone. And we have phones in, well, I was staying in the hospital there, so we had phones to reach people. So she called me from home. And I was saying, guess what? What? I went out that day and bought two books. One titled, uh, you know, the, the, one, the complete works of Josephus. Josephus was a historian that wrote shortly. Around the, around the time of Jesus, he lived. That's when he wrote his, most of his stories. I bought the book, The Heritage of Great Evangelical Teachings. Now, the book is not the issue. Is that I had to borrow money, 5000 naira from my, one of my neighbors and colleague, to buy the book. When we were on strike, I was flat broke, and this woman would literally call me to ask whether I have eaten. I was that broke. 
Yet I, <laughs> when I saw the book one, the, those books, I said, "Ye." I ran to my friend Max. I said, "Max, please, I beg. Do you have money?" He said, "What is? It? I need to borrow five thousand naira. When they start paying us, I will pay you." Eh. Why? I saw two books I must buy. So I ran and bought the book. So when this woman called me in the evening, I was feeling so happy. I rejoiced at thy word. Like him that find great treasure. I was feeling so happy. When I told her how much I bought the book, I still remember very well. She said, I have no words for you. <laughs> I remember those words. She couldn't understand that. You're broke now. Couldn't the book wait till your salary starts coming? I hope you're getting my point here. Look, I wouldn't spend that amount of money to entertain even her that time. For what now? If you can't marry a poor man, leave me alone. No. Leave this in. It's true. As I say jokingly, the engagement ring I gave her, I bought for 300 naira. When I was buying books for four, two books for 4,000, I bought those two books, 4,000 naira. I bought 5,000, I did some other things. Because I bought three books, I gave somebody one. After that time, I bought an engagement ring. You know how much it was? 300 naira. 300. Why? Eh? It's not a ring. Now, a ring you won't marry, I've been at me. <laughs> the ring is just a token that to tell you I'm serious. And she wore it for a very long time. She wore that ring even after we got married and bought better, correct rings. She was still wearing the ring until one angel says enough. <laughs> Remove that ring. I bought the ring 300 naira. Why am I saying all these things? When you, you know, because what I found in scripture for me was in Jeremiah chapter 3. He said, I will give them pastors after my own heart, who will feed them with knowledge and with understanding. You don't feed people with what you don't have. You know, a lot of times I see preachers, I get confused. I still remember once some preachers came from one big ministry. I used to go and spend my time in Adwekiti working with my pastor at that time. I used to take a leave and go and stay with him for three weeks, four weeks. And I'll be going for, you know, doing work and all of that. So one day they're going to pray for a crusade. And we went out together. So me and two ministers were in the same car. I think I was the one driving them up and down. Thinking the one place they are going to meet different churches to tell them that this big minister is coming to town. And so we'll be gisting. And I'll be telling them stories. Now, these were full-time ministers. They were full-time ministers. I was... A, in quote, part-time minister. I was working that time. I was resident in Lagos. I used to take my leave to come and work in the church. And they would be telling stories. I would be telling their stories. And they would be sitting down. Eh? Mm-hmm. Ah, and I'm looking at, what do you people do? Because this is the only job you have. I sit there to read, I mean, uh, uh, histopathology, hematology, microbiology, and chemical pathology. I sit there to read. And pass. And walk. This is only what people do now. I'll tell you about them, uh, uh, Catherine Kuma. And they're like, hey, hey, God. <laughs> I still remember that day. And I'll be telling stories and these people will be looking lost. You talk to preachers, they've not read uh, God's generals. I'm like, are you a preacher or are you a joker? There are books you mention and preachers say they have not read. There are pa- 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 preachers who actually open their mouth and talk this nonsense. I only read the Bible. I said, that's why you don't know anything. <laughs> that's why you don't know anything. Because those who read this Bible before you, 
God gave them understanding and they wrote those things down. Why do you want to rediscover the will? Why do you want to reinvent the will? There are things God told Kenneth Higgins not going to tell anybody else. Why? He said, go and buy the book. What's wrong with you? Go and buy it. Go and buy his book and read. Why do you want me to? You know, people like to come and say, you know, God told me this one. You know, it doesn't even move me. God told you. Then, my friend, go away. Whether God told you or you read it somewhere, truth not truth. A man like David Paulson, listen to him a lot. Eh? Go and listen to him. You'll never hear him quote anybody. You see where I'm going? Not as if he doesn't read people. Alone. His own logic is that once I have read the truth, it is true. If it is true, why do I need to attach your name to it? <laughs> the man said the, the greatest problem he has with his wife is his books. He has over 4,000 books. In their house, book is the problem his wife has. Like, where do I put my foot? My husband has put foot, book there. He reads a lot. But he has, a, he has an attitude. That once I have read it, I have digested it, I have made it my own. It's no longer your own. So it's not that of arrogance. It's not that he doesn't want to give honor to people. But his own logic is just that, why am I pretending like I don't believe it? If I believe it, I should say it with conviction. So he reads a lot. When he's coming to talk, he just talks. Just gives you the truth the way it is. Whether he got it from inspiration, or read inspiration, or hear inspiration, whatever it is, say it is true. One of says that, so there's nothing to brag on that it is God that gave me this one. Whether he gave it to you directly, or you heard it from Kenneth Higgin, or Derek Prince, David Paulson, David Oyedeko, Adeboye, um, uh, John, John Graham Lake, all these men, the Alexander Dawi, whoever, once it is true, imbibe it. The point I'm making is that after I read that, he said, this is your portion in the book. I will give them pastors after my heart who will feed them with knowledge and with understanding. It therefore means that I must have knowledge. You know the truth? I can't, maybe I've done it before, but I don't read to preach. No, I don't. I don't study because you gave me a preaching topic. Anything I have to study to preach to you, I don't know it. Do I read? All the time. Do I study? All the time. I listen to messages all the time. I enter my car. It's my favorite pastime. Thank God for smart devices. They've changed my life. Before it was CDs. My car CDs is not even working again. Doesn't matter. It has a place I can plug. Once I just enter, plug my phone in. Click the last time I was listening to. I do it all the time. Why? It's for me. It's not for you. That's what I'm going to explain. I need to have what? Understanding. I need to have knowledge. I need to have it myself. I need to be full of it. So when you give me a topic to preach, it said the scribe that has been instructed in the ways of the kingdom is like the keeper of a household who from this treasure house bring out treasures both new and old. I dip my hand inside and I bring out something from there. It's not when you give me a topic and now we're getting confused. No. The thing must be loaded up constantly. So the desires that I have for understanding. If God comes to me and says, Banky, what will I do for you? He knows what I will ask for. 
I won't say, Lord, change my car. I said, no, all of that things shall be added unto me. Don't worry about that. But I'll ask him things like, ah, why did you like Daniel so much? That just to comfort him, you told him what would happen in a thousand years. Two thousand years. Three thousand years. Daniel saw that far ahead. I said, Lord, what are we not doing right? Why can't we see like Daniel? If you check my old phone, I had it there. It scrolls across the screen anytime I put it on. I wrote Daniel. For me, it is skill and understanding. Why? The angel came to Daniel. He said, I have come to give you skill and understanding. He didn't enter my body. That is Daniel. And you know why God did that for Daniel? Daniel was praying for the redemption of Jerusalem. So God looked at what Daniel wanted and all of that. He said, a man of high esteem. If God said, what's, what's one thing I should do for you? Give me skill and understanding the way you give to Daniel. Why? Because I look at it. I need to be able to explain things to people. I know life has cause and effect. You understand? There was a time Israel didn't have rain. And God said why? He says because of the house of God that they neglected. Therefore the heavens decided to seal up. Why? Everybody ran after his, ran after his own things. It's only people that have insight that can direct them correctly. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, a man like, like we said last time, Joshua. If God came to Joshua and said, what should I do for you? Joshua had understood from the books that his assignment is to help the people inherit the promised land. So if God came to him and said, what should I do for you? His, his request was straightforward. It will have to be in line with what God, the assignment that the Lord has given him. He needed courage. He needed not to be afraid of giants. He needed things like that. So if he had to make a request, it would be in that direction. That's why we're talking about building our faith. We do these things deliberately. Our faith cannot be strong as believers if we allow the world to set an agenda for us and those things become our prayer points. Like we said on Tuesday, God came to Solomon. What's one thing I should do for you? Solomon asked for wisdom. And when we were young, like, why? how did he know to ask for wisdom? It's simple. He was instructed when he was young that when you get to that point, ask for wisdom. That is what you need in life. And of course, by that time, they had given him the job of a king. He had been anointed king. That thing was, was in front of him. When we are making decisions like Christians, it's clear what is in front of us. Many times I, I see people trying to make decisions, I just know what is in front of you. That is what the question is. And I realize that most Christians are not destiny-minded. I'm sorry to say it like that. They are not destiny-minded. They are not, you know, God's book-minded. You see decisions made with just one thing in mind. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? And with what shall we clothe ourselves? And when they sit down and they want to dis- discuss with you, it's always, you know, in this place, you are not sure what you shall eat or what you shall drink and with what you shall clothe yourselves. And then something I want to ask them, I say, listen, wait. Do you realize that one day you are going to settle down and answer questions about how you lived your life and nobody will ask you what you ate? They will ask whether you smoked, including Igbo. Nobody will ask whether you smoked Igbo. So if you like, smoke it. But when you have become crazy, you will not be able to do the assignment that was given to you. No, go and check it. Most of the things we call sin, alright? God says, listen, there are the distractions that will prevent you from fulfilling the book of God in your life. And that is why, when Christians are so focused on this so-called sin, sin, sin thing, 
And they don't understand this distraction part of it. Sometimes they are doing what they think is good, but they are just as much in sin. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. What they are doing looks good to them. But at the end of the day, they are not doing what the master said. Occupy with this until I come. So some of the Christians make this and say, do you realize that your expectations for life should be based upon the fact that there's a portion of the book that's yours? There's a portion of the book that's yours. Look, it's a prayer we must pray every day as believers. Because one day, let me tell you the truth, you know. Sometimes I get a bit scared in quotes. Yesterday or was it this morning? Between yesterday and this morning, I just only saw myself being 70 years old. Now, I'm not 70 years old yet, but I realize that it's closer than when we first begun. <laughs> you know, what, what started is that you just start seeing people that, you know, I came to Enugu, like play, like play. It's 19 years now. In a few weeks, be, in a few months, which month are we now? June. Okay, end of June. September to be 19 years. That's what I, I started thinking, it's okay. Now, wow. And really, if, you, if I think about it, it feels like yesterday, as if it's just like four days ago. And 19 years I've been in this city. So I now thought to myself, very soon, no, I'll be 70 years old. <laughs> and it won't look like, now I know it's not a long time. You know what I'm saying this? In the same manner. I feel like if I close my eyes and open it, Jesus will be in front of me and it will be the day of judgment. It's not a far time. Don't think it's far. That's what I'm talking about. I thought about it. I said, hey. And you know what? He will not ask me, Banky, which car did you drive? And someone will say that, of all the fine cars I put on this earth, he didn't drive anyone. He will not ask. I can assure you. Because he never said, drive this until I come back. Are you getting my point? (laughs) Everything is a tool. So he doesn't ask, how many tools do you have? He asks, what did you do with the gift I gave you? So how you employ the tools he supplies is now your, unquote, problem. But he's not going to come and say, how many tools did you have? How many, everything is a tool. But Christians, that's how we're supposed to reason, with that in mind. Knowing that one day, listen to me, Steve-O, one day, it will be only you. No emotions, nothing. You just sit down there and say, yeah, give account. He will. Listen, that is when the prayers you did not pray becomes a problem. The prayers that you prayed wrongly became a, will become a problem. Because suddenly look, I said, there was a time you were sitting there every day. Said, this year is my year of food. This year is my year of drink. This year is my year of house. And you prayed the whole year. When Solomon's were praying for wisdom, you were praying for food. When Daniel's were praying for skill and understanding, he said, ah, all my neighbors have their own car. What is happening to me? When people like Simeon were praying that the salvation of God would be born safely, that when they were praying that the promise of God would be fulfilled so that they can die in peace. Some, some pastors are in trouble for leading the people astray, guarding them for a whole night to pray on what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and with what shall we clothe ourselves. That day, I'm not kidding you, you will stand before... You know what Paul said? All of us must appear before the bema. That's the Greek. The judgment throne of Christ. Where you now start giving account. All those stories he told, they really will happen literally. Okay, I'm back. I said you should occupy till I come, right? Good. I'm back now. Sit down. No, you stand. He sits. (laughs) 
So with the seed I give to you, let me see what it produced. When Paul was doing ministry, I didn't understand what was going on in that ministry. We went to two cities, they beat us. So I departed from him and went to Thessalonica. In Thessalonica, I got a good house, I got a good car. And I was no longer of any assistance to the propagation of the gospel. Sir, my name is Demas. <laughs> That's it. So what happened? I buried my gift in Thessalonica. I covered it. After all, there, power was constant. I want you to know. Following Paul up and down, even we were not constant. I'm not talking about power. Our lives were not constant. We were not sure what we eat. There was a time, three days, Paul said we should be praying. So I went down to Thessalonica. So Paul wrote, Demas has departed from me. Having fallen in love with this present age. Abandoned the assignment of God that he gave the two of us. And they ran over to Thessalonica. One day, Demas will stand before Jesus to explain. As I'm talking about expectations in life. So when you want to pray, you know the kind of things you pray for. Look, look away with nonsense praying. You know? Away with nonsense praying. Away with rubbish praying. Prayers that have no sense of purpose, no sense of direction. The world, you know, when you see, like I told you earlier, when I see Christians analyze the situations around there, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. There's one man, when he, today I started praying for him again, because I've not prayed for people like him in a very long time. Was it the one I was praying for? Yes, I think so. Because you know the people that the first time I met them, Kai, these guys were on, ah! You know, sometimes I tell my wife, I said, <laughs> it amazes me sometimes, you know, when they say, hey, Pastor Man, Pastor Man, I say, baby, when we started this walking, People like us, in the Bible, they carry you. I said, the men will carry their Bibles. It shocks me today they are not preaching. I don't know whether you get my point. The men that will carry their Bibles, one I have in mind. All he does every time is abuse Nigeria, curse Nigeria, and, and insult Nigeria, and say, he's getting out of this country and going somewhere else. I felt like, oh God. The first day I entered this fellowship, you were the one teaching Bible. Now you talk now. I can't distinguish between you and the the average sinner on the road. Don't you realize that this gift that God deposited inside you, one day he will ask. One day he's going to ask. When we want to pray, we build our lives, we're saying, our prayer points, we discovered discover that on Tuesday, they are, de- they are developed from interacting with the word and with the knowledge of, I have a portion in the book, so what if I, don't know, if I don't know my portion? And that is another prayer point in itself. Remember what we were talking about what? Building up what? Faith. Building up our faith. And remember we do it how? There's a word we've been using, how? It's not like we feel like it. Like we've finished discussing now, you go home and go and pray, Lord. In which area should I channel my desire in life? Please don't be following the script of the world. Many people have because I'm a preacher, I use preaching as an example. Many people have reordered the kind of ministry they do simply because the world wrote a script for them. They tried to write it for me. But God kept me on this path through different ways. Kept me on this path. When I started, they said, look, if you, you are teaching only on Saturday evenings, not on Sunday mornings, you won't get offering. You won't get tithes. You know the funny part? 
for those who don't deliberately go and use fire brigade people to raise money, I think now we get more tithes and more offerings than they do. Oh, yes. You know why? <laughs> I don't think we get up to 10% from inside the no, I'm not joking. One day, one of our sisters actually told me, Pastor, please, when are you going to open a UK account? I said, what did he say? He said, sir, you need to open an account for Kingdom World in UK. Why? He said, because many of my friends don't want to send him money. That it's, it's difficult for them to be sending, looking forward to send to Nigeria. That they said they are just willing to start, just sign a small debit order. So that they, as money comes, it becomes... <laughs> I said, okay, thank you, but the vision is for an appointed time. Do it, please, <laughs> wait for it. I'm not kidding. Literally, people send us money from everywhere. When I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. Every corner of Nigeria, and many times from abroad. And we are not meeting on Sunday. But people said, no, do it like that. Why? That is how you now get money to do the ministry. People write their own script for you. Be careful you don't run by it. That's the point I'm making. Be careful you don't run by it. That's what I'm saying this evening. Develop your expectation, your desire in life, in such a manner that you, you know, if your name is Bezalel, and your duty is to make artistic designs, your prayers should be in that regard. Why? Because the man, the person, the God, the Lord, who gave you the assignment, listen to this, he expects you to pray that things might work. I don't know what I get my point. You know, I say, but it's one that sent me now. And that's part of the instrumentation of descending. That's how it works. It's another I have sent you. Let me give an example. He sent Moses. And when Moses was misbehaving, what did he do to Moses? He came to kill him. You will have thought that, did you not send Moses? Why are you still killing him? He said, wait, I sent you does not mean I can't kill you. And after killing you, I will still ask you, why did you not do the assignment that I gave you? Oh, let me just let you know. That's how God is. He killed you. Then the day of judgment, you will now say, Moses, you were supposed to take the people of Israel out of the promised land, out of Egypt to the promised land. Why didn't you do it? The Moses will be looking like, is that a joke? <laughs> but on the way that day, you met me and killed me. Say, Moses, there was an assignment, you did not accomplish it. He didn't do it. Yeah, send him into his own whatever judgment or denial of result, reward, whatever it is. I must be wondering, but I would have done it except that he killed me. What am I going to say? To do the right things to preserve your life is also your assignment. You saw Moses do it, not directly through his, his, his wife Zipporah. When Zipporah realized he was about to die, she quickly circumcised their son, and he lived. So it was her assignment, two of them as a couple, to make sure he lived. That is, if you see things that, that kill preachers, and you're a preacher, don't do it. Though. Because even though he, he, he kills you, he will still ask you, why did you not do the assignment for your life? He still will ask. So he said, we did not go because there was no money. He said, when did you pray for money I did, I did not send? I don't know whether you are getting my point. He said, we would have loved to do, but we didn't have the skill to do it. Which time did you ask me for skill? And I refused to release it. Did that not say, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask? But you know why he didn't ask? You were so busy comparing yourself with other people. You were so busy 
grumbling about what you did not have. You were so busy, instead of settling down, you know, remember prayer and declaration of the word, these are weapons. I hope you're getting my point. And that's why when God gave Israel an assignment to take the promised land, he didn't give them the promised land. You know what he told? He said, go and take it. I don't know what I get my point. He sent them into the promised land. He now said, go and do what? Go and take it. This is the promised land. This is them. Go and take it. So Israel was supposed to get up, get their weapons, go in and go and fight. Train to go and fight. Sharpen their sword to go and fight. He said, as long as you get up and go, I will be with you. But if you stay here, you are going to be in trouble. Therefore, for everything that God has called you to do, is part of your assignments to pray. I was just talking about money just now. When people say, meet on Sunday so you can collect offerings and tithes so you can do the work. I said, not necessary. So, does it mean we won't need money? No. Of course, I need it to be necessary to have it. So, what did I do? It's simple. Ah, revelation I got long ago. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. I will do what? Send laborers. So, I found one. For me, it was just revelation. This was what I understood. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send financial laborers with you. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. As any time God sends people, send somebody, he says something or people are along with the fellow. So I knelt down and said, Lord, send financial laborers into the harvest. And it was a prayer I prayed from the beginning. I remember I used to tell the Lord. In fact, recently I realized that that scripture that I quote all the time, the Holy Spirit just helped me understand that it was not for you alone, no. In fact, not even primarily for you. I was quoting for myself primarily before. And I said, no, 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 it's not for you, Banky. You can chop small of it. That is the scripture. You can use it for yourself also. But when I gave you that scripture, the first application was for Kingdom World Ministries. He said, behold, I will send prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I've been declaring it for a long time. I just realized that, oh, it was not just for me I was declaring it. Also for Kingdom World Ministries. So what am I supposed to do? Will I need money? Of course. So what do I do? I won't start a church on Sundays just because I'm looking for money to do the work of God. I've heard people say that to me. You still need wisdom. Don't just sit down there. People will just finish listening to you free of charge and run away on Sunday. So what should I do? Gather them so you can collect your tithes and collect the offerings. Of course, I said, okay, I have heard, but in my mind, God forbid bad thing. So what did we do? We declared the word. And I remember I prayed consistently. I said, Lord, send financial laborers into the harvest field. As I'm getting understanding and getting revelation, they should be getting inspiration how to get money. Don't give me the inspiration. I don't want it. Give it to them. I can't do two things. You can't offer me Dangote's job now and I will take. It's not as nice as my job. My job is better. It's not a bad job. Making billions and employing multitudes. It's a good job. But it's not mine. I like this my own. I like this one that I have. So I pray the prayer. Lord, send financial laborers into the harvest. It's an important prayer. Without, see, what am I going to say? I'm taking responsibility for my portion in the book. That's what I'm saying. So scriptures come to me, for me, some scriptures come to life. That's not, does not come to life for other people. For example, he said, great, he said, the Lord gave a word, and great was the company of those who published it. For most Christians, that scripture, they just read it and they pass. But when I read it, no, I use it to pray. In fact, there was a time I collected a few of them, added them together, and started declaring them. I've not even started the prayer yet. I'm still reading the scriptures. I'm just reading one after the other. I have about six of them. 
One of them is one I just quoted now. I've found that one, the same spirit that, that was on Moses. God took it and placed it on the 70 elders. Remember that one? It's one of the scriptures. I've just been reading it. I've not started the prayer yet. I'm just reading the scriptures. Because the amount of ignorance that Christians walk in these days, one bank cannot liberate everybody. I hope you're getting my point. I speak only one language when it comes to preaching the gospel. Which one is that? English. Are you telling me there are no full men that need to hear the gospel? Not to give their lives, I mean to be taught. They have to be taught in their local language. There are people who speak French. And the revelation that God has placed in my mouth, they need to hear it. So that's why God designed a principle in which you take of the spirit that is on Moses and distribute it to the 70 elders. There's a spiritual principle there. And God says, as I give you that revelation, turn it to a prayer point. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yeah, you turn it to a prayer point. Because there are things I want to activate in Francophone countries in Africa. So the only way, and look, Nigeria will not be saved alone. But what they need, that's what I'm making. Alright? Is what? The gospel. Deliver to them in depth. That's why that scripture is so important. The Lord gave a word. And great was the company of those who published it. That same spirit that was on Moses. God said, I will take up your spirit and put... It doesn't... It, you know, it doesn't anything from Moses. You know, Moses now became weak. And Jesus says like that. He said, the harvest is plentiful. And the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will push out laborers into the harvest field. These are prayer points. And listen, we do these things deliberately. What do I expect from life? I won't let the world be teaching me what I should have. Actually, God has commanded, what are my blessings? And even those blessings are given for two reasons. Number one, to function. And number two, to enjoy. Those are the two reasons he gives us blessings. And even that one, I discovered them from God's word. I don't let the world... Now, listen to what I'm saying. That is how faith is built up. We do these things deliberately. Remember I said there are two sides to our expectation. One, what we are supposed to become and achieve for the Lord. I've talked about that. And secondly, what we are supposed to have. Simple things like prosperity. Having enough to meet our needs. I build my expectation deliberately on God's word. We'll go into that next. That is... They say, this country, what does it have to offer you? I say, I don't care. Heaven has a lot to offer me. And wherever I am, heaven will come down. I, I hope you're getting my point here. So, what will the future of my children be like? I don't read it from the newspapers. Am I stupid? I read it from the pages of the book. <laughs> Your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. You will not bring forth offspring for calamity. It's the word of God. Those are the things I quote. My offspring, they are not for calamity. There's a blessing upon my seed. He said, his seed will be mighty on the earth. Don't read the Economist for me. Don't read Time newspaper for me. Time magazine for me. Don't read Newsweek for me. My seed will be mighty on the earth. That is the word of God. What do I expect life to be? I deliberately refuse what the newspapers are saying. What would my life be like? I deliberately refuse what the newspapers are saying. 
The other day, this woman, she woke up in the morning, went to the hospital, removed both of her breasts. Nothing was wrong with her. And she told doctors to remove both breasts. Why? Because they did a test. They said she had one BRCA1 gene mutation. And her mother had breast cancer and her auntie had breast cancer and she had the gene. So she said to prevent breast cancer, take away. There's no breast, there's no cancer, right? Took away the two breasts. Fine. Then I looked at it and I felt, now wow. I hope she remembers that. No, I'm a pathologist. For those of, you, those of you who don't know, I know small book. Yeah, I know a bit of book. But medical book, I know more than most people who are here. I was checked the hall to check who knows as much as I do after. Very few people in this hall know more as much medical book as I know. Forget this fact that I'm preaching. I know some other things. So amongst the other things that I know, <laughs> I said, I hope she knows that her ovaries are also affected. Then later on, I found out that she has gone to remove the two ovaries. So I said, good girl. She has been castrated. That's what we call castration. Oh, you think it's only men that are castrated. Women are also castrated. So they castrated her, took away both ovaries, and removed the two breasts. Then I saw her a year later looking like a scarecrow. Looking so thin and beaten and battered. That's what that means when it says that in hope against hope, he believed. We know what happened to her. The medical information and the general information created hope for her. And that hope was expectation. I will get breast cancer and die. And you know the truth? She ha- what she did is very reasonable. Why? That's all she has. The only doctors she has are those doctors around. The only reason you will not do that, there are two reasons you won't do it. Either you are totally ignorant or foolish, or you have another doctor. Do you get my point? So don't laugh at Angela Julie. She did what Jesus commanded. If Jesus saw her, Jesus would have shaken her hand. Say, Angelina, I like you. There's an old Lagos song like that. Jesus would have shaken her hand. He said, how do I know? It's in the Bible. Said the sons of this age are more shrewd. They are more dedicated in their affairs. They have their own things. And the sons of light. Jesus is saying, if she was a son of light, what should she have done? She will ask herself, do I want to castrate myself and remove my two breasts? If the answer is no. Then what do we do against the cancer? They will go and get our Bible. And against hope, in hope, we will believe. There has to be another hope. You can't just walk carelessly. And Julie did what was reasonable according to the hope she had. Abraham also did it. He came and said, what do you give me, seeing that I go childless? It was only when God said, no, you will not go childless, that he changed direction. Otherwise, he had written his will to hand everything over to Eliezer. But a new word came. I hope you're getting my point here. This is what we do as believers. We deliberately build our expectation on the medical result of the word of God. And then I really went for tests too. Those tests were expensive. Gene profiling. Oh, yes. GEP, we call them. Gene expression profiling. They checked, paid thousands of dollars to be sure she's right. And when they gave her, you will get cancer. She, she took 
the necessary action. So, if you don't like her doctor, you get your own doctor. Now, it doesn't mean, it's not as if your doctor is saying that you don't have the BRCA1 gene, bad one. He's just saying, I have the treatment. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. So, when we go to Jesus, you know, the other day we'll talk about, go ahead to the message, school of prayer, consulting Jesus the physician. We'll go there and sit down. Face a mirror, remove the cloth and say, oh God, examine me too. And carry the Bible. And listen to me. And read it like it is a medicine. Every day. Listen to me. Jesus said, did you see what Angelina Jolie did? He said, you to do your own. I hope you are getting my point. I said to us before, listen, when Jesus said, if your right eye makes you cause you to offend, remove it. If it's your right hand, you know, if your eyes cause you to offend, if it's your right hand, remove them. You know what he was trying to say? Is it literal? Mm, yes and no. Yes, no, as in people say, Jesus meant what he said. Jesus used to speak in hyperboles also. He would tell you, swallow a camel. Have you ever seen a man, ah, swallow camel? He said, man, swallowed camel. So let's get our point. But the truth is that if you look at the spirit, what we're trying to say, that if you know that removing your eye is what is necessary, there are actions you will take to keep those eyes. In the same manner, instead of removing both breasts and both ovaries, let's take another action. First, he will tell you, stop reading the news you've been reading. I don't want to hear it again. You cast away the news. And on a daily basis, you will take the scriptures and rub it like ointment. I don't know if you're getting my point. He said, there are times you will pour that scripture literally into a bottle of oil. And you will start literally using the oil as your cream. Why? You have to have the greater physician. You must take his medicine and apply it. This light must overcome the darkness. I hope you're getting my point here. And listen to me. He said, we do it how? Deliberately. You do it deliberately. Derek Prince said he was taking the word three times a day to cure his skin condition. It took him two months. It went. Then one day he spoke wrongly. It came back. He went back again and started double the dose. It went away and left him permanently. What am I saying? It's deliberate. Uh, there's something uh, this man said, WF Kumi, let me quote it and I close with it. He said, faith risks. I never forgot that thing. It's the only person I heard say it. Many of us think that faith just means that once I decline that it happens like that. Faith says if I perish, let me perish. There's a kind of faith that says that I will fight this thing one of my friends said something. She came from a Muslim family. The father remained a Muslim. All the children became Christians in Lagos. And they were all girls in the family. I think mostly girls. First born a girl. So she wanted to marry a Christian. The man said no. And because she understood she couldn't elope. She needed the man's blessing by force. The man said, okay, the word in the mosque said lie, lie. The people said, no, the man will just take a Muslim name for the day. And after that he'll go away. <laughs> Said this woman said no. I told the younger ones, I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for all of you. I don't know what I get my, what my point. So I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for all of you. I will fight our father till I win. Then the rest of you marry easy. That you and I, baby, that's the, you remember that lady, you know, we went for her wedding in Suruli uh, that day. That's what happened to her. Said my sister fought the battle for us. She drilled with prayer with everything, dug her heels in. 
Finally, the father backed down. And she knew she had won the victory. Not just for herself, because she had a lot of younger sisters who were all girls. And all of them were going to church. And they had the Muslim father. He said, these girls have to marry. One of them said, there are fights you fight. It's not just for yourself. You are fighting for your offsprings. You are fighting for those who will come after you. You want to tell that this word of God will silence every negative gene in our lives. He said, what if you die in the process? If I perish, let me perish. But I give you the word of God, you will not perish. Amen. God is looking for those who will take his word and hang their lives on it. And say, Lord, if, you, if I go down, it's because you went down. <laughs> I hope I get my point. And, says that, and they will say, if you can't go down, then I know I'm not going down. Let me tell you about economic adversity. Many of us say, listen, don't run away looking for money. I beg in the name of the Lord. Because you're not just fighting for yourself. You are fighting giants so that your descendants can settle. How old was Caleb when he took giants? 80 something years old. Do you think he lived forever after that? No, he didn't. But he settled the place and turned the name to Hebron. Before that time, the Bible said the place was called Kiriath Arba. It was a place of Arba, the greatest of the Anakim. <laughs> Caleb said, no, I'm changing the name. So he took on the descendants of Arba. Knocked all of them off the place. And said, from now on, this place will be called Hebron. Then he died in peace. I hope you're getting my point. There are fights we fight. Sometimes when Christians make decisions, I say, God, you don't get it. Especially when you're a leader in the body of Christ. There are things you don't do. I hope you're getting my point. So when I see people run up and down, I'm like, you don't understand. You're not doing yourself alone. You are discouraging the rest of us. You're discouraging. You know, it's so, Listen, let me tell you the truth. You have a duty to overcome. It's not just for you. It's for people coming after you. You will dig in and say, listen, he that is from above is above all. My prosperity is determined by the word of God and is stored in heaven. Wherever I am, it will manifest. Wherever I am, it must manifest. It must. So I lose a job, I don't have money, don't worry. I go home and go and pray. It's not about money, it's not about job. It's about the they saw the Bible because the righteousness of God. I must demonstrate the righteousness of God in this land. There are things I will not do. Because if I have to do them, I have to stop preaching. The Lord is good. What am I saying? My expectation for life, my blessings, my prosperity, my safety, my health, health long life, my children, what will my destiny be like? Please, I don't read that from the pages of the newspaper. I read them from scriptures. And I know it's a risk, but I'll take the risk. Life is a risk anyway. Every time you enter a plane, it's a risk. You don't know the pilot, do you know? You've been to Peace Mass Transit. Did they show the driving license of this driver? You enter the bus by number. <laughs> Anybody they send to drive, do you come down? You don't come down. You're already taking risk with your life anyway. Don't worry about it. You are. The country you are going to, you don't know it's a risk. What, who's waiting for you there? Do you know? So please, I'd rather take a risk. Like I said, when I die, he said, here lies a man who died believing God. He's good. I like it like that. Now here lies a man who, who said one thing and did another. When he saw trouble. And listen to the truth. You know the truth, eh? God has that problem, 
When I say other problems, are looking for people that he can point to as a reference, and there are very few. That's what the Bible calls a cloud of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses, not those who are in heaven looking down at you. That's, that's not how to interpret that scripture. So they are in heaven, they are looking down, cloud of witnesses, they are clapping for you as you are running the race, you are running the race, keep running. Have you ever heard the clap? So Abraham is there now, he's looking at you, encouraging you. How is he encouraging me? Moses is looking. I've never seen his face. What they call cloud of witnesses is that you have Abraham's story written for you. You have the story of Moses written for you. You have the story of Samuel, Hannah, all of those were written for you. That's what they call cloud of witnesses. And every day God is looking for people to add to his cloud. People who follow him until their lives become a reference. And other people can take encouragement from it. That's the meaning of cloud of witnesses. And I'm saying to you today, you must add yourself deliberately. What did I say? To that cloud. Let's pray. Let's give a little thanks for this, for the word today. Let's say, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for freeing me with revelation. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for freeing me with revelation. It's well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I declare that goodness will go with you. Amen. God's mercy will go with you. Amen. I'd like to do this these days. Every affliction that you came here with, it has dropped in Jesus' name. Amen. As you go back home, healing goes with you. Amen. No matter what it is, every affliction, go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Total healing from heaven. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, supply divinely for somebody this week. Amen. I curse poverty and lack in your life. Amen. And I release the abundance of heaven. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you praise. For your goodness manifested in our lives. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Now let's share the grace together. I want to let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, can you quickly bless three people around you? This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. Two more people. This is your season. One more person. This is your season.